We talk a lot about good art and good movies on the show, but what even is a good movie? We discuss this and more with special guest Kevin McCreary on this episode of The Overthinkers. Hello, thinking people's thinking people. Welcome to The Overthinkers, a home for people who love to have fun thinking deeply. I'm your host, Joseph Holmes, filmmaker, film critic, filmaholic, and with me as always is my annoyingly astute co-host. Nathan Clarkson, actor, author, filmmaker, and um, author of the brand new, spanking new, out book called Finding God in Hollywood. I promise, wait, is this the last one? I think this is the last week of movie March, so you'll never have to hear me promote my book again. <laughs> uh, that's not Lies. true. I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> Next year. Um, but go get a copy. In fact, um, our guest today um, told me before we began that he thinks that this book is close to on the level with the, the Bible in its influence, scope, and quality. So uh, make sure you go get a copy of Finding God in Hollywood, available wherever books are sold by Originate Press. <laughs> um, I definitely did say that. <laughs> yeah. We don't have it recorded, but it, it's yeah. true. Yeah. <laughs> yes. uh, you heard it here for, for, first, folks. Um, well, and speaking of our guest, we do have a very special returning guest today. He is a filmmaker film critic, and podcast host who is beloved and feared around the world for his edgy takedowns of Christian movies. He is the founder and host of the mega-popular YouTube channel Say Goodnight Kevin and the Say Goodnight Kevin podcast. He is an animation editor. He is a all-around cool guy. He is the cool, the clever, the catastrophic Kevin McCreary. Kevin, welcome back to the show. Welcome. Thank you. I, you know, I know that the only reason you said any of those compliments is for the alliteration, but I appreciate <laughs> it nonetheless. And I will take it. I'll take it as if they were from my own father. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's all I, I want. And the cats in the cradle and the shoes Little boy blue and the man in the moon. <laughs> um, well, I, I will assume that your relationship with your father is such that I that I should take that as a compliment. Yeah. But, yeah no. <laughs> okay, good. Sure. Uh, that's that's my goal. That's my goal yeah, to be yeah. to be uh, to for my compliments to be father for material. To be everyone's dad. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um well yeah, we're very happy to have you here, Kevin. Again, we always love uh having your your takes and your uh um uh talk about movies and stuff with you. Your hot takes. Yes, Super exactly. Hot. Yes. My feared um, around the world. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but um, before we get into that today, um, we're going to be discussing and perhaps debating what makes a movie actually good. Um, but first, Nathan, if people enjoy our discussion and want to engage more with our content and connect uh, more with other overthinkers like themselves, where can they go? They can go to theoverthinkersjournal.com where they can find out more about their hosts and send us all of their love and hate mail. They can also join the online Facebook private group, The Overthinkers, where we have 10,000 plus members having fun, getting discussions about all the fun stuff we talk here and posting tons of memes, really. That's mostly it. <laughs> and you can also, if you enjoy the podcast, uh, well, you can and you should, actually. You should leave a review and share with a friend because that's the moral and right thing to do. Exactly. You you are a good person if you uh, give that's the new standard. Now. I'm using directives and guilt. I'm going to see yeah, if that and, works. And by by sharing the podcast, you earn treasures in heaven. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah, we have a special deal with God. It's yeah. a get back thing. Another jewel in your crown. <laughs> yes. Oh, well, now before uh, we one of us gets struck by lightning, smite them. He's a cooking or something up. Um, uh, <laughs> um, uh, are we ready to get started on discussion? Hello? Yeah. All right, cool. All right, good. Born yeah. ready. All right. I gave yeah, a thumbs up, but no one can hear my thumbs up. Got it. Okay, cool. All right. So everyone has opinions about what makes a great or good movie. Film critics make their living off of how well they can convince other people that a movie is good or bad. But when it comes to finding what makes a movie good or bad, it's a little bit more difficult. The most famous film critic of all time, Roger Ebert, wrote, 
if I have a criteria for choosing the greatest films, it's an emotional one. These are films that move me deeply in one way or another. Cinema is the greatest art form ever conceived for generating emotions in its audience. That's what it does best. In-depth Cine admits in his What Makes a Movie Great video that art is subjective, but then goes on to give some criteria that people seem to use when evaluating films, such as story, cultural impact, and technological innovation, or artistic innovation. Simon Dillon, writing for What Makes a Movie Great for Medium, gave criteria that largely seem to beg the question, like saying that if a film is going to be great, it first has to be good, or saying that it has to be popular, but it doesn't have to be popular, and so on. So Kevin... <clears throat> Um, as somebody who has regularly taken uh, many movies, particularly Christian movies, to tasks for their um, being not being good, um, do you think that the greatness or goodness of movies is entirely subjective, or are there some objective criteria we can use? If so, what criteria would that be? Yeah, you know, it's interesting because this is a conversation that comes up when talking to people who make Christian films, uh, because a lot of the argument is well this movie is what it was intended to do like you know you can't say that a movie isn't good and say that it's too preachy because that's the intention it's called a christian movie so it's intended to why would you have christian content why would it not why would you expect a christian movie not to have christian content it's like reading the bible and saying this is a little preachy or reading <laughs> listening to a sermon and saying it's too preachy um and so that is something that i've thought so much about just what what is and and i do think that there is like subjectivity to so to answer your question yes it is subjective but i do think that there's a, a a nice little balance and i'm sure you guys have talked about this before just about the intention of the artist and the uh impact or the perspective of the consumer the viewer sure and I think that I don't believe in no art is outside of the intention of the artist. I think that if you if you watch a movie and you're like, well, this this movie, if you put all of your like, I don't believe that the intention of the artist is gone when when sure. something releases that it's in the hands of the public now and it means what you want it to mean i think that it's important to know the context of how something was made i mean we we grew up learning about how we need to think that way towards the bible that you know the bible was written uh and there's a context in a certain culture and so yeah you can apply certain aspects to it but you it's good you know the bible better if you know when and where it was written sure and in the same way, though, there is, I think, a language that if you speak a different language to somebody who doesn't understand, then you're not actually communicating. Mm -hmm. And when you're speaking the language of film, are you communicating not only the message, but the 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 art? Are you passing the art along? Mm. And that is subjective and that can be like if you're the artist somebody can get something out of your art and i think it's completely le legitimate to get something out of somebody's art that the artist didn't intend in fact i think you'd be silly if you are an artist to expect that you know everything that somebody could get out of the art that you're making um but all of that there's and maybe this is a a bit of a cop-out answer but i think there's so many factors that play into what can make something great. And I guess you would have to determine, like you were saying, what greatness means. Mm. Um, if if greatness is, oh, it has a an impact on culture and society, I think there are some great movies that have done that. Um, and is it, but but there's some really bad movies that have done that too. And, uh, and does, does, the, does the film Triumph of the will, uh, yeah. birth of a nation. Yes. I feel like, like I was just thinking about this with, um, I just watched the Banshees of Waverly the, place. It, 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 in <laughs> the Banshees yeah. of something. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I really enjoyed that movie. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but it was, I mean, it's not like 
the greatest movie of all time. And I think it was, it was it nominated. Yeah. It was nominated for best picture. Okay. I'm sure I was supposed to watch it before I hopped on this (laughs) podcast, but uh, (laughs) I really enjoyed it. And I watched the, like the behind the scenes of making it. I'm like, there's so much care and art and passion that went into making this movie. And I like in Bruges, I really enjoyed that. So knowing that, the from the the people who brought you in Bruges comes um and, and so Calvary okay I didn't I should watch that I'm sorry I have oh, same, same guy that's why I say that. okay I got it got he it. makes great movies yeah <laughs> yeah but just the the it was I was saying to my wife while I was watching it I'm like this is a good movie like it's so it's often rare that we get to sit down and we watch a movie and there's no there's nothing this isn't a uh it's not like a baby movie. Like it's not a bunch of, there's no, there's a message, but it's like human message. It's like human interaction and, and conversation. Mm-hmm. It's not some big political agenda or culture war movie. It's just, here's people in a town mm-hmm. and capturing that. And and also just how the town, this island feels lived in. It's mm-hmm. It's a lived in world when there's probably no more than three or four people on the screen at a time, uh, most of the movie. And um, and I know this isn't a review of that movie, but I was just thinking about, and maybe that, now. Yeah. that's not a great movie necessarily, but it is a really good movie. And mm. I, and that's a great example of an artist having a vision and like they built the whole, the, the bar that's in that based on like the, the location just for the movie and it's mm. a it's not a low budget movie but it's lower than like a blockbuster movie yeah um or a blockbuster video store probably <laughs> and uh it's could be i i think that that's a great example of i don't know how well that movie is done but it and maybe it i watched it kind of in a vacuum of didn't hear anything about it and then i watched it and i was like i really like this movie this is a, a good movie so hopefully yeah, I agree. Your question. No, no, you did. I really like what you said um, about the the language that stuck with me. I think you know if we we conceptualize art as a language we're speaking, and language is a vehicle for intent and messages. It's where it's a, a communication vehicle, and I think that art is the same way. And like language, art can be muddled and clumsy. And it will less effectively communicate whatever it is the artist wants to communicate. So I really like this idea of conceptualizing movies as a language. Now, I am, I I sit here humble because I'm literally, if you guys can see the Zoom screen, sandwiched between two famed, beloved film critics. And I am just (laughs) a meager actor. Are you being sarcastic, dude? I don't even know anymore. Um, but no, I like the idea of the language and that art is trying to speak to us from the artist. And I think that even has theological implications. Um, uh, but what I love about film, and I'm glad we're, we're specifying this to film, right? What makes a good movie? Because that kind of encapsulates all of art. And what oh, I love about- Hot film, take. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and and the, the thing is, Film incorporates, as we've all heard before, but I, I think it's important to remember, mm-hmm. um, it incorporates sound and music and visual art mm-hmm. and uh, performance art. Yeah. And it, it combines, and story and writing, it combines all of these aspects into one kind of artistic mm-hmm. ball that has every single genre of art in it. And all of those, to, to me, and I'll just give my kind of definition of what a great movie is, a great movie is going to hit on every one of those cylinders. It's going to um, be something that takes every one of those individual art forms and allows them or makes them to be at their, at their highest, um, their highest level and together uh, shuffled together and intertwined. You have a more beautiful movie as every different piece is is, at the highest artistic um, uh, level it can be. And so typically when I think of great movies, I go back and I look and I go, wow, the acting was great. The writing was great. The uh, story was great. The visuals were great. The cinematography, uh, the, the framing, 
and the music was great. And so when I think of a great movie, it's holistically an artistic masterpiece on all the different artistic fronts. Um, now that being said, so I, you know, I'm not a moral relativist like Kevin uh, and, and you, <laughs> Joseph. Or it's, it's, it's yeah, I'm, I'm well think, known for my 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 nihilistic uh, moral yeah, ambiguity. Moral yes, relativism. Yes, <laughs> uh, if you want moral relativism, come to the overthinkers. But I do think there is more or less. Of course, I think there's cultural subjectivity into what hits, what doesn't. But I think more or less there are. Um, I think there's objective quality that we can find and point out and point to. Um, and I don't think it's it's based in audience reception necessarily. Like, you know, out of all of my movies, the one I feel is artistically the highest is as I, I, I don't, I can't even explain what percentage less it's made than the other movies. Like it, <laughs> it's like 4 million percent less. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but it's the one I'm most proud of because I think it's hitting on all of those cylinders at a higher level. So I don't think it's based off of audience reaction. Um, I don't exactly know what it's based off of other than, you know, God's uh, designed universe and it reflecting that more accurately, I guess. Um, but I do think there are specific things that make uh, that, that we can objective things that we can say this was good. That was bad. But yeah, so my my, my first my definition is hitting all the artistic cylinders my second thing is I do think there's some objectivity about what is good, what is a great film, what is a good film, all those kinds of things. Um, but as far as what those lines are, what the objective truths of what makes something great, that's a little harder to define. So Joseph, would you like to define that for us? <laughs> I'll take a I'll take a I'll take a stab at it. You know, I think right. I, definitely a lot of the things that you mentioned, like I like what you said, like, you know, Kevin, you saying it's a language with which to communicate something so mm -hmm. you know it's like okay how effectively does it do that how effectively does it communicate because it's like that's if what art is what movies are our language communicates something mm -hmm. how effectively does it communicate and of course yeah. you know and of course communication effective communication has to do with the speaker as well as the listener so it's like mm -hmm. you know i can speak in a very well way a good way but if but you might Very still well not way. receive it yes exactly yes which i didn't do just then see what I did yes. there? Yes. Yeah. Um, you could if you wanted to that's yes, exactly yes <laughs> but um but the other person might still not receive it even if i do it well um but then also you added to that nathan the idea that but the thing is it's a language built on multiple languages so yeah. it's you know so it's the there's the language of acting there's the language of the spoken word there's the language of cinematography there's the language of color so a really good movie because it is a multimedia medium should be excellent in all of those um mm -hmm. in all of those ways and so i think that those are those are two really important pieces of this if we're going to talk about what makes a really good movie it's one that communicates and communicates with all the languages at its disposal um and i think that i'm i'm really excited about this topic i was really excited about this topic because it gives me another opportunity to dunk on a uh, dead poet society um <laughs> which is a running, a running gag, gag everybody at but this it's also point yes with, with with enough truth in there that it's worthwhile running gag i think this is what they call a running gag um <clears throat> but um uh, it, it, one of the things they do in there is they actually uh, dunk on what I think is actually a really good way of evaluating art in general. Is they say they were the prick art scale, where they say that you know, um, because they have a, they, they're reading from an old musty book that says, oh, the way you evaluate art is whether or not it has a worthy object and a worthy execution. <laughs> so it's like it's talking about something worth talking about. The content is worth speaking about. And then the way it speaks about it is excellent, is has excellence. And I think that that's a very good way start. But I think they dunk on that because they say it has to be how it makes you feel. That's the only way you're supposed to evaluate art, which if you can read the Atlantic article on why, you know, uh, Dead Poet Society is a horrible defense of the humanities to kind of unpack that aspect. But I think that the idea that, okay, if we're, we're evaluating a movie, a work of art in general, but then a movie in particular, say, is it talking about something worth talking about? Um, and, and that's beautiful and good and true. And then if it's doing it in a way that has excellence, I think that those, I think those are sort of the ways we naturally talk about it. Um, mm -hmm. But I think those are also ways that are good, that are actually good for us to map it out. And, it's true that what's worth talking about it has some subjectivity to it, a lot of subjectivity to it. Sure. And it's true that that's what, what I was going to ask. You know, what makes something excellent yeah. has 
some uh some has subjectivity to it too but we all know that it's not entirely subjective because otherwise you know everyone knows again i made a joke today about um you know uh was it triumph of the will and birth of the nation you know we would all all say that those you know saying hey you know what racism is awesome like might be a less worthy yeah wait what (laughs) What? I'm not touching that one. Yeah, yeah, no, you know, that, yeah. Listen, wait, no, we, we wouldn't that, say that. We wouldn't say that. No, saying okay, that good. make that message is a less worthy message than other messages you could put out there. To Please put no it one clip that. Please, no, yes, yes. <laughs> oh, they will. I uh, already so, did. Yes, but and so it's like you know, it, it's it that we know that some, the good, the true, and the beautiful, whatever that is is at least a little bit objective because we can leave those off the table and say those are worse than other things. Um, And we can say that, um, and we can also say that, you know, in terms of the realm of, of excellence, like what makes something well done, I think there are ways in which we can, you know, uh, have a little bit of objectivity, at least in there too, you know, because we all know that, you know, there's, there's some subjectivity in beauty, but there's also objectivity in beauty. We talk about the golden mean and the golden ratios that everybody everywhere kind of sees, you know, certain uh, symmetries as beautiful. And we do that because, you know, the only people who survived this reality to th- survive and thrive had to do so by seeing that as as a desirable thing. So we know there's certain degrees of objectivity. And if you're a Christian, you certainly agree that God's priorities and sort of the St. Augustinian sense um, you know, God's priorities and his hierarchy of values are important in terms of excellence. So we can have that conversation um, that there's some kind of objectivity we're kind of uh, looking through. For me, when I look at sort of like in terms of excellence, I kind of go to sort of you, Kevin, is like, does it communicate beauty or what it's trying to communicate really well? Um, is it doing something that's difficult to do and doing it well? That's something that I kind of, just like you know, this person who acted in this way, you know, oftentimes I give um uh a higher uh, a higher rating to somebody who you know um plays a doubles like for two versions of themselves there's a couple different roles in the story because yeah. it's like okay that's harder to do than other things are um how well did it simulate reality if that's what it's trying to do how well did it be abstract if that's what it was trying to do so um so yeah the the effectiveness of communication whether or not the communication was something worthy of communicating and um how hard was it to do those things. Those are some of my underlying principles that I kind of typically use when I'm evaluating the goodness or greatness of a movie. And again, as, as Nathan said, the, the all at every single level of filmmaking. So is there a level to which the, the, like the cultural impact plays into what you would consider great? To some degree, like, again, I, I will often look at and say, if there's a movie that I don't particularly like, but it clearly has had a massive impact on a whole bunch of other people, mm-hmm. I will say clearly it did something right. You know, um, Avatar some, Avatar has is... stretched that, you know, kind of for me, where sure. it's like, man, that made a lot of money. Like, you know, it's like I, maybe people are just, you know, not very smart, well, you know. What Avatar did well is it did one thing incredibly well, yes. which was visuals. Yes. And so a lot of times you look and say, okay, well, this one aspect, maybe it's visuals and music was, you know, on point, but the rest of it wasn't. Um, but I also think to Kevin's point, I think sometimes it's just a great marketing team. Yeah. Uh, I think that it's not necessarily indicative of a great movie mm-hmm. or high artistic merit, but it's actually indicative of great marketing, which is its yeah. own art. In and of yes. itself, yes. Kevin. Curious, what do you what when you watch movies? Because you watch a lot of movies, you watch a lot of bad movies. But I, I've seen your videos, and you have a a pretty acute knowledge of pacing, of um, acting, of a framing. You know film, and you know when something's good. And you're even generous occasionally and say that was good. Even in a bad film, you point out the good thing, mm-hmm. and um, you will while you know admonishing it for its faults. What makes a good movie to you as you're watching it? Uh, what, what are good parts of movies? Whether it's a great movie or not, what makes something good to you? Well, I always say, like, I have fair, I actually have, I think, fairly low standards uh, for, <laughs> for movies. Like, that's what gets me about watching a movie that I think is bad. Because I'll watch, like, 
sci-fi movie, sci-fi channel movies, or like just some random movie on Hulu or Netflix that's like, yeah, it's it's fine. It gets me through the Sunday afternoon. <laughs> I'm not I'm not extremely picky. So when I see Christian movies, especially that I'll review, and I'm like, man, this is this is this is even below my standards. <laughs> Um, it does make it easier to when I notice something that is good. I think a lot of times Christian movies and I, I since you asked framing it this way, I, I will use that as my kind of reference point. But Perfect. when I watch a Christian movie and I see. A lot of times Christian movies have a lot of exposition. It's in the scripting. It's in the writing. If the script was better, this movie would be better. And uh, not just better as in, I mean, a lot of times it's it's the dialogue. Like if this dialogue felt a little more natural and it was communicating, sometimes I feel like just a, a simple writing course would help a lot of the writers because there's, there's a misunderstanding, I think, of what dialogue is for or even what, you know, you can tell that a lot of times a Christian movie script will be just dialogue from beginning to end and very little description as to what's happening. So you don't you may have montages, but you don't have like visual storytelling as hmm. often. So that's like one of, that's one of the beginning issues. Um, but also with that writing scripts that are within what you can do not within what you wish you could do and asking the audience to then forgive you for not having the budget to make the script. You had complete control over writing. Mm. Um, and I just, my last review, which was months ago, cause I'm very, I, I review very little these days. Um, unfortunately, but my last review was about this couple it's a, it was like a recording studio and these two people who were recording music in the studio but their two actors couldn't sing very well and my thought was like, <laughs> why did you write a script like i watch the the behind the scenes of what once again the banshees of yes place yeah. waverly place. Oh, wait i can say it and I'm, yeah the <laughs> that movie they specifically wrote the story for the two lead actors and this <laughs> it, it's yeah. it's just it, so that that's wild to me and i think that's a that's a, a misunderstanding of really what a movie is for like what what you mm. want to do with a movie and what writing is for and what you can do and why it's not just people saying things back and forth we really movies are especially dialogue in a movie is intended to trick people into thinking that there is a very natural conversation happening when really people typically don't talk the way they talk in movies. There are some movies where people are like talking over each other and interrupting each other and stuff. But a lot of times like you watch um, uh, just a lot of movies don't have that. Like people interrupting mm -hmm. each other. Yeah. It's very, strategized like it, it and it's all every line means something every line is for something um and so when i see that when i see like a conversation that communicates what needs to be communicated and does does it in a way that feels or has tricked me into feeling like this is something this is a conversation that could happen at at its heart i think that's really in really good um I also think that the artist intention, not just intention, but execution, intention and execution, like, yeah. oh, they planned this shot and they pulled it off. That's what you were saying about excellence. Like, yeah, they actually did pre-production and plan for this to be this way. They have a, a artistic vision and they pulled it off in a way that is is excellent. Those are things that. I look at and say, oh, that is, you know, oftentimes when in a movie where I'm like, oh, well, these, this is, this is great shot composition. Like there are very simple movie, uh, just basic movie making, um, movie making things, <laughs> movie making <laughs> yeah, 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 one yes. uh, stuff that gets left out. Uh, yeah. And there are, there are very well-known movie making books that you don't have to go to film school, but you could just flip through the pages. YouTube. Yes, yes. Just 
shot composition, lighting, uh, dialogue, um, yes, writing, learn these things. And so when I see a movie and I'm like, but you could have learned these things. Yeah. You yeah. could have, it's all free now. Like you were saying with YouTube or it's very cheap to learn this stuff. If you, if you are going to be a filmmaker, do it, <laughs> learn to be a filmmaker. Uh, and it feels like just... if they don't, they're basically um, putting it in your lap. Well, I didn't want to do the work to make this uh, beautiful, yeah. but you have to feel something. I didn't want to do the work to make this interesting, but you have to figure it out or believe this thing. I didn't want to do the work to make believable. That's yeah, interesting. Pretend with Sorry, me continue. that I'm, I'm the... good at making this story <laughs> that, and it just makes me wonder, well, didn't, how important, like you were also saying about the the importance of what they're saying, it feels to me like what you want to say isn't important to you mm-hmm. because you didn't take the time to be excellent. So I think that excellence, like that excellence can actually then tell, inform me how important the person making the movie thinks the message or or the idea or the story actually wow. is. Yeah, no, I, I That's think- really good. That's interesting. I. Yeah, because I, I I've never thought about it quite in those terms before, but the quality of something will also indicate the um, the depth at which the creator cares about the message. Perhaps maybe I'm maybe it's not totally fair, but it feels really fair, and so it feels like if you're that's try the message that's the message that you're getting distracted by. Yes. Yeah, yes. At the very least, that's yeah. what we're going to receive. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. there's a couple of things I want to kind of highlight that you said. I think are really interesting. Like one, again, a lot of times amateur filmmakers and you know again like again a lot of your work has been up watching the amateurish christian filmmakers mm-hmm. um but it's is try to tell again a film story all through the dialogue first of all when again you've got several like dozen mediums that you can and should be telling the story from otherwise why are you not just having it be a book first of all you know mm-hmm. um uh, that and and they're not telling all the stuff they're talking about through dialogue, not all of it, but a lot of it could be being done visually. So why isn't it being done visually? Why isn't it being done through these other things? You're just wasting a lot of your tools. Um, so that's the first bit. And then oftentimes they're not even doing the dialogue well because they're not uh, communicating it in a way that um, feels like it's something people would actually say or at least plausibly tricks you into thinking it's something to actually say. Yeah. Um, or at the very least is beautiful in some way. So like, you know, you have, um, uh, you know, again, like, you know, uh, Aaron Sorkin talked about, like he listened to the dialogue of, 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 um, uh, of, uh, Walt Virginia, Virginia Wolf. And he said, it was like music, you know, is it, does this yeah. dialogue, it's, it's his, his opinion, you know, uh, <laughs> but it's like, you know, but that's why his dialogue always has a rhythm and sounds like music. Yeah. Even if it doesn't sound real, it right. feels kind of real, but it also sounds beautiful. So there's things and, like, and, yeah, it, but in his, his dialogue is very, it's that excellence that um like, it's like, you're watching somebody who's really good at like, if you ever, somebody's really good at their craft, like, yeah. Watching yeah. the dialogue, I guess you're right, like music, but you're just watching somebody who is doing something really cool, like a like and a... There, and Martin yes, exactly. And Martin Scorsese talks about this a lot. His mm-hmm. frustration with a lot of movies in terms of cam- the camera, where it's like they just point the camera in a place that watches mm-hmm. the action happen, but the way the camera is placed is not placed to add extra layers of meaning to the story. It's mm. just kind of, in a sense, the camera placement is dead space. Like, and, and a lot of times like, look, you have a camera to tell your story. The way you place it can tell your story also. Why aren't you using it in a yeah. way that's also communicative? And that's what and this... Christopher Nolan often emphasizes, like his desire to give a near point of view shot. Mm-hmm. You know, he likes to, and he, does, he does, likes to do a lot of cut-ins of the thing. He wants to put the person into the story yeah uh, and so I, and i love that that christopher nolan is somebody who i really like because he's it he's intentional so even the he always swings for the fences and he doesn't always make contact with the ball <laughs> but there's never a moment when i watch a christopher nolan movie that i feel like well he didn't mean to hey. do yeah no and i think this goes to you know you were talking about watch youtube read the books 
another thing to do is watch other people who are good at what they're doing. Mm. Um, you know, yes, watch all the, the tutorials, read the books, read on how to write a script and how to write dialogue. But watch Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. Uh, listen to his dialogue. Uh, watch Christopher Nolan. Look at his uh, his shots and his colors and the usage of his, his camera yes. angle. Watch the masters. And it's not about copying them, but it is about learning from them and their intentionality um, behind the stuff. You know, it's interesting. We have, as you guys have probably heard before, we have a little movie club that um, here in New York on Saturday nights, we all go see a movie because mm -hmm. we have AMC Pass and um, we're poor and don't want to spend money on Broadway plays. <laughs> so we go see movies on Saturday and we, and we talk about them afterwards. And it's interesting that we all come out. So we have we have a producer who goes, we have a film critic who goes, we have an actor who goes, we have write, a screenwriter who goes. And it's interesting when we come out of a movie, how it's judged. And usually everyone is basing the quality of the movie on their particular thing. So I yeah. obviously come out and I'm like, well, the, the acting was phenomenal. <laughs> Great movie. And Joseph's like, eh, the script was uneven. So it wasn't really a good movie. Yeah. Like, what are you talking about? Um, the acting was amazing. The acting so. elevated that script to such an amazing degree. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. And you see this with filmmakers too, where it's like, okay, that's a writer director. That's an actor's mm -hmm. director. Yes. That's yes. A, a, a cinematographer director. And you can, you can tell that. Um, but you're right. Those emphases are, are, are there. And, and, you know, I would say like to your point, Nathan, and I'll let you make the point, then we'll let you finish, uh, Kevin. But is that um uh is that whatever filmmaker makes you feel the way you want other people to feel when you make a movie, um, like figure out how they do that. Like mm. that's you know, is like, okay, this is the way I want other people to feel, and this is a filmmaker that makes me feel that way. That those are the people to watch. Anyway, so I sort of interrupted you, Nathan, but go. No, no, you're fine. My my real question is just to you, you know, you critics, you film critics. <laughs> uh, when are you guys going to make your movies? <laughs> you guys have all the knowledge. Let's, uh, let's see them. <laughs> We're working on it, as you know. <laughs> I was thinking your little film uh, club should make a movie. You've got all the people there. That's true. <laughs> we like... have all the pieces. Well, I uh, can't let the cat out of the bag, but we're we're working on some stuff. Yes. We're working on oh. some stuff. Yes, and then we get to have other people like you, Kevin, judge it for us. I will. <laughs> yes. I will destroy it. That's a promise. <laughs> I'm looking forward to it. Well, the um, I, so, something that you, I think Dallas Jacob said this uh, when on the day that we met Joseph, uh, we both a fateful day. Same yes. time on that <laughs> fateful day. And there came a day unlike any other. Uh, but he mentioned, you know, if you want to make a movie, watch not only like what you guys were saying, the people that that you like, but the classic movies, the hmm. find the list yeah. of movies that they play in film school and watch those movies, because there's a reason these movies are shown in film school. And there's a reason these movies have stood yeah. the test of time. You know, they're I know people who don't like to watch old movies. That's fine. But there's Why? <laughs> do it <laughs> for yourself to at least they're watch boring. Yeah, they're boring and gray. Everything's gray. <laughs> gray. Great. Yeah. <laughs> I have ADHD. I need colors and movement. Yeah. <laughs> but watch. You don't have to watch the dumb ones, but watch the good ones. Like watch the movies that have that are on the all the lists of these are the greatest yes. movies of all time. Yeah. And and study them. Be a a, a student of the craft of watching the movies that have impacted everyone who makes movies. Absolutely. That's so awesome. I think with that, and I didn't make that we, up. That was, uh, that was Dallas Jacobs. I'll, I'll credit him, but what has he well, ever that, done? That's a wonderful thing well, yeah, say. exactly. <laughs> now that we figured out what makes a good movie, we have to go and tell people actually what is a good movie in our favorite segment, Joseph. Blesses and Curses, where we recommend uh, a work of art, media, or resource based on our topic. And I haven't figured out a good way to say this, you know, dunk on, uh, you know, renounce. I know there's not a, it's hard. <laughs> yeah, I can't, there's not an anti-recommend word, but yes. Um, <laughs> warn, um, recommend. A warning. Recommend. Warn, yeah, warn people away from from <laughs> uh, something. So um, we always uh, give our guests a opportunity to go first or last in this segment or to abstain at all if they choose this exactly yes to so kevin um would you like to go first or last 
I guess I can go first. Oh, that's I, real. I love that enthusiasm. I've yes. never done that before on this show, but I will go first this time. It's a new year. I'm, it's a new year, new me. Uh, <laughs> I would recommend uh, the Banshees of Inishirin. Mm, nice. If you haven't yep. watched it, I know I mentioned it, but I just, it's the last good movie that I watched where I was like, oh, wow, I'm really enjoying this. And in Bruges, of course. Um, I would recommend that. And I would also recommend, but also warn against um the the last movie that I reviewed, which was, of course, can't even remember. Uh <laughs> Country Christmas album, I think is the name of it. Oh wow, okay. <laughs> That's the name. <laughs> There's so like it's That's when amazing. it comes to movies not to watch. But if they're so bad, they're good. That's one of those movies that it's like, this okay, is this is one to watch. You might enjoy it if it's like one of those get your friends together and laugh. Exactly. So I recommend watching it if you enjoy watching awful movies. Welcome. Sorry, I put on Netflix competition. Anything I've watched recently, <laughs> but there isn't. I haven't watched anything. No, I've watched a bunch of stuff, but do you guys well, I hope also- I don't know the filmmakers. This will be super awkward. Do you guys hate when Netflix starts just playing stuff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Got to turn like... off those uh, the automated trailers. Can you <laughs> I'll also say that, you know, again, it, uh, one of my favorite pastimes is to watch a movie, um, then, then watch uh, Kevin's review of it, um, or just watch Kevin's review of it. That's if I don't the only think way worth... I watch Christian movies. In fact, I'm waiting for Kevin to do uh, one of his reviews slash riff tracks on the Jesus Revolution, because I refuse to watch it unless <laughs> Kevin's version of it. So if you could hurry it up, because I want to be part of I'll try to hurry that up. Get that Thank going. You. Thank you. That's very kind of you for me. Right, um, I, agree. I, I agree about the Banshees. Uh, in large part, I have issues here, but it is or here or there. But overall, um, it goes to that, what I was saying. It hits on every level. I mean, acting, the cinematography, um, the human story aspect, the dialogue, uh, the music. So I I agree. And I'm also going to bless another current one. And while this is definitely not a brave bless because it just won tons of Oscars, (laughs) um, I am going to bless everything everywhere all at once. Just because I think it's, uh, I'm really glad that it won stuff because um, it's a new, different kind of movie. To win uh, this uh, awards like this, especially these kind of award shows, at least in a long time. And I was really happy to see something fun that both artistic people and just common the common man enjoyed. And I think that's really valuable to recognize those kind of movies that reach across those bounds. But more than that, what I will say about it is, again, it's one of those movies that hits on all of the artistic genres. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It had fantastic music. It had phenomenal acting its story was captivating and interesting and um engaging its colors it's it's writing everything about it and so while i have it's not even really my style what i can recognize in it is that it when it did the work to see every artistic medium through to excellence and i think Mm -hmm. that's something that's worthy of awarding and so i'm really happy to see it win so many awards um i'm gonna curse another oscar movie um, because it's by a guy who lives in another country who will never hire me. So it's <laughs> fun. Um, <laughs> it's called Triangle of Sadness. Boy, uh, what a what a slog. I wish I had like really intelligent, interesting things to say. It was just so preachy, so boring, and it was so filled with um with, with logical incoherence uh inside of the message it was trying to get across that it it, it let all the water out of its own point it was trying to make because it was so clearly not applicable to the the messages behind the film um also you know it we've had a lot of those i get it and i'm and i'm totally down you know with this uh down with the rich but um until i am uh but (laughs) (laughs) but um you know i i don't know it was just uh, it was a i guess it was a good good example of what i was also talking about which is it hit on a couple. It hit on a couple mm-hmm. um, good things. I, I think the acting was fine, um, but the 
you know, but it, it didn't focus enough on all of them that for me, it felt really short. And aside from that, it was a self-indulgence, like three hours long. Has no one heard of an editor? Um, maybe it's I, again, I have ADHD and I have a short um, attention span, but uh, I did not enjoy it all that much. There were good things. I'm not saying there wasn't anything good, but that is my blesses and yeah. curses. Very on subject, having just had the Oscars. I will, I will, I will affirm both of those blessings and curses, I will sort of add to your um, bless on everything everywhere that, um, you know, the, it, it, I, that every filmmaking level, it it was, it was excellent. Um, and it was yeah. coherent because it's like, you know, it's, it's like the, this, and also again, when you talk about excellence of execution, but then also worthiness of content, you know, it's about how do you feel like your life is meaningful Um you know, uh, when, when your life didn't turn out the way you wanted to. And it's just like, you know, love the people who are near you and your family. It's like, that's like that, that message. And you, it didn't just tell you that message, but you felt that message through the, through, it was a worthy message that you was told through all the different mediums. And so I was like, it's oh, really, I was, yeah. I was really um very, uh, I was very impressed with it. And it has flaws, obviously, but it's, it's, it's very um in message and in, uh, in execution, but like just like you said, the Academy doesn't even come close to awarding a kind of a different kind of film in that way that takes yeah. those seriously. So I really like that they did that. I will also say, um, and Triangle of Sadness, yeah, it just it 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 likes it. The, the it had a lot of good things it did, but an editor, a script editor, and a you know, and a, and a film editor, you know, were not one of them. Uh, you know, in terms of it being so bloated and having so many things in there that what they were trying to say got lost. It's like, you know. Well, it's like what Kevin was saying about language. The language was muddled and clumsy. And so whatever they were trying to say didn't come across. Well, it's like, hey, if sometimes if you speak too many words, what you're trying to say gets lost. And they yes. did. They spoke too many words. So it got it got lost. And also, I will say that. There's there's good ways of doing, you know, what they call the eat the rich genre. White Lotus is a good example of, you know, kind of the yeah. modern, you know, eat the rich genre. There's ways you can do that well. But like, you know, I walked out of the movie theater and, and hearing people discuss how basically how they wanted certain people to to die, you know, in that. And there there really is this kind of thing of like a message that's not just saying, hey, there's a problem with this, you know, kind of uh, economic situation versus we really want certain people to be disgusted by them and to kill them is probably not an elevating message uh, for, for society. But um, on that point, so then you, they guys did a good ones of movies. I'm actually going to recommend a few talking about YouTube channels and that I think do a good job of actually helping to teach you how to think about the films you're watching. Um, nice. So um, I, I'll rattle off a few of them. Um, you know, every frame of painting. I don't know that he's still doing videos, but that was so uh, um, influential for me in terms of looking at film where it's, I mean, there's a, where they will take certain movies and say, hey, here's a certain scene like in an Avengers film where it's like, okay, we're at our lowest and we got to rise higher, but it's all done through dialogue versus watch the same scene in Seven Samurai where they show that same emotional thing visually. And which is better. So like talking about how to look at these, the language of film in these ways. Also, as somebody who loves the writing aspect, lessons from a screenplay. I really love that. That teaches you how to like take the writing of it, those things seriously. So, you know, again, if you're one of those people that Kevin has criticized the writing of your of your script, maybe, maybe, you know, start with lessons from screenplay. I'll also say Patrick H. Williams is really good at kind of breaking stuff down and his PS has a video that's like how to talk about film that does a good job of at least introducing you to breaking down how to think about these things. Um, in terms of curses, I'm going to, uh, Wait, what uh, about say goodnight, Kevin? Um, I, so I, I already did that. I just did that earlier. I just did that. You missed that. Barely ever releases content. Um, there you go. Um, in terms of curses, I'm going to curse a couple of channels that I think actually make you kind of a worse filmmaker if you listen to them in certain ways. Um, <laughs> um, yeah. Not everything they do is bad. Um, I'll say this, but like, um, I'll say Folding Ideas and uh, Nerd Writer One, um, they tend to fall into that uh, category of, of uh, sort of young film critic who conflates actual artistic excellence with just things that they like and tries to make it sound like it's objective, which Look, if I you have a good pregnant pause, then it makes it feel smart. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. Ba, ba, black sheep. Have you any wool? 
Yes, sir. Oh, yes, sir. Three bags full. And and a lot of what they kind of do is they basically go with the thing with if the story is um and if 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 the story has an emotionally satisfying ending, that means Bad. that that means yeah that means and you like it that makes you stupid and it means you're likely to become a fascist. That's kind of how they do their their stuff. I mean, <laughs> it's like it's like what you really need <laughs> is you need you know movies that are ambiguous that you can project your own ideas on and that will make you a good democratic citizen um so it's kind of they do a lot of that and so i think if you watch a lot of their content you know it's like they kind of teach you not maybe how to be a good filmmaker there are still some good things they do i think that obviously cinema sins is really the the best place the highlight exactly that's the height of of yes (laughs) nitpicking everything to death it's not pretentious and also it just nitpicks the hell out of things. So. <laughs> exactly. Yes. That's how you know it's a like good this, it's a good film. I like these film critics critiquing cr- film cr- criticism. Yeah. Exactly. Yes. It's the most inception uh thing. That's actually what we should do. We should have a whole film channel that's about criticizing uh it's the film most criticism. inception thing ever related to film ever. <laughs> exactly, yes. Um well anyway, Wait, this wasn't is there a movie? maybe the movie Inception. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yes. Never heard of it. <laughs> Chris Nolan that. wins again. Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, well, this has really been cool. Uh, Kevin, uh, really happy to have you on. This is such a fun annual tradition at this point. Um, yeah. If um, if people are looking for your content, uh, um, and uh, where can they Keep go? Looking. <laughs> occasional <laughs> your occasional content and want to find you uh, um, or find at least your work that you eventually will uh, come out with. Uh, where, yes. where, where, where uh, can they go? YouTube.com slash Kevin. That's where I put all my content. Nice. And uh, Nathan, if uh, people want to get in touch with you or the overthinkers and want to get involved and uh, want to maybe hire you to make an excellent movie, uh, where can they go? They can hire one of my friends if they want that. But <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, If you want to get in touch with us and connect more with overthinkers, head to the overthinkersjournal.com or join our private Facebook group, the overthinkers. And if you want to get in touch with me, you can go to nathanclarkson.me or you can search my name, Nathan Clarkson, on any of the socials. Or you can buy my book, Anywhere Books Are Sold. It's called Finding God in Hollywood. Joseph? If you want to get in touch with me, you can find me at josephholmstudios.com. I'm also on any of the socials. I also write regularly for Religion Unplugged, uh, where I uh, give my pretentious opinions, which are less pretentious because they're all correct and objective. Um, and uh, then you can also uh, also see some of my work at Relevant Magazine. Um, anyway, yes, thank you so much uh, again, Kevin, for joining us. And thank you all for joining us. And... Uh, If it's worth thinking about, it's worth overthinking about.